Hi there. Welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. My name is Michelle. And my name is Lauren, and we are your hosts. Hey, host. Hey, (laughs) This is our version of a radio talk show, and every week you can join us for a sisterly chat where we talk about literally everything. We're going to tackle current events, what's going on in the world around us. We'll share some personal insight and stories, and of course, share random bits of things we think you should know along with whatever else sisters talk about. There's a lot. So mm-hmm. if you're into easy listening, lots of laughing and some inspiration sprinkled throughout, we are going to be fast, weird internet friends. Welcome. Well, hello there and welcome to Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I am Lauren, your host, joined here by my co-host and my sister, Michelle Anderson. Woohoo! how the heck are you? Idaho. <laughs> And also, we are also being joined here by my husband and Michelle's brother from another mother, Anthony Ciancio. Hello there. Hello. Nice. I'm back, bitches. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys, we have covered it all in today's conversation. We are updating you on our IVF journey. Michelle went to a baseball game and rubbed elbows with a lot of strangers. Never had so much fun in a year. I'm so happy for you. It didn't make sense, but thanks. But that's okay. We also took a deep dive into some trauma that we experienced at the hands of an individual who um, basically took advantage of our mom prior to her dementia diagnosis. And we're sharing that not only for dementia awareness, but to share some personal trauma we've just we experienced and how we moved on in life and where we're at now with it. So it's a loaded combo. You'll laugh, you'll maybe cry. Mm -hmm. It's one of those. But before we dive into this conversation, we want to give out a huge, ginormous thank you to two new Anchor subscribers. So a giant grazie mille goes out to our newest subscribers, Lauren Mechia and Amy Mechia. No, that's how we think we say the last name. It could be Mechia. I know we're making a lot. We're and I'm also trying to figure out: are they related? They're for sure related. Are right. they siblings? Like what? These siblings popped in the email last night, and I'm like, here came the first one, and the second one. I'm like, what are these? Two we're talking? so excited and thankful. We are. Thanks, ladies. Or, or Jen, maybe or lady and Jen. or who whoever you are, because we are not quite sure. Reach out to us. Please visit us at um, our Instagram at the Sister Project and. Reveal yourselves. Let us know who you are so we can properly say thank you. Now, for those of you listening, you may be wondering, what the hell is this monthly subscriber on Anchor.com? Well, Anchor.com is where we host our podcast. Every podcast has a hosty host and Anchor is ours. ours. And they're pretty cool because what they are doing and what a lot of different host platforms are doing are allowing creators to set up a monthly platform where listeners, if they choose to do so, can subscribe to the podcast to support the content that is being created. Michelle and I work our little tits off to <laughs> to create really innovative entertaining and informative and inspiring content and so we really love that you guys press play and we're super grateful for those that sign up and do choose to subscribe to our monthly subscription so thank you so much if you would like to learn more about anchor.com please head to the notes in our show notes and right there is the link where you can press on that and get a little bit more information so but a huge giant thank you for all of you who are tuning in and our subscribers we are thankful and we hope that you enjoy this cozy conversation. All right, let's catch up. Michelle, you went to a Sox yes. game. What was it like being with the masses of people? 
I felt like I was walking through the crowd. I walked in a, when's the last time you folks walked in a herd of cattle? 2019. Right? 2019. First time for me. Never felt happier. Were people wearing masks? No. I mean, a couple, you know, but no, not really. This was like back to butt crowds waiting to get our tickets scanned. Wow. Um, The, (sighs) I felt like every, like my sense of sound and smell was like heightened. Oh, yum. When I walked in. Because I, I know what a ballpark smells like. It smells like booze and hot dogs. Oh, it farts uh, sometimes. Sometimes farts and a lot of swearing. <laughs> we we sat in front of a in front of a crowd. We listened to. I listened to a gentleman who I'm not maybe sure in the before times I would have been so like ha, 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 that guy's a total drunken alcoholic. He was like I was so fucked up and I loved it. I was like I lo- I'm like I love you. I loved everyone. I loved my hot dog. Yum, Michelle, but, fun. And the sax won in the tenth inning. Um, and Will and his buddy were hog in hog heaven you know our dad used to take us to um Sox games when we were young he always had the skybox and mm-hmm. he would take us i mean god bless him for taking us to his like client gatherings <laughs> are you gonna tell that story yeah you know we'd pull up <laughs> we'd pull up into the <laughs> into the parking lot like we're all like excited to see the socks and frank thomas hit a home run maybe see some fireworks and he would stop the car. And he says that our mom would say this, but I have a memory of him like turning around. We park the car. I thought you were going to tell a different story. I don't know what you're about to say. No, it's the one. You, you're going to tell whatever story that I'm okay, not telling. Okay. But he would turn around and be like, all right, if any one of you embarrass me tonight, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> and we're like, whoa, kidokie. I guess we got to be good now. <laughs> And we were. And we were so well behaved. We were like I mean, soldiers. that's terrifying. Even it Nicole? Mm-hmm. Nicole was the only one that would like no, press like, those buttons. She'd pinch you secretly. Wait, let's talk about the time Dad threw a Coke can at Nicole. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised he didn't throw a javelin at her after that. <laughs> we were riding into we were riding to New York through the Pennsylvania mountains in an ice storm. And our parents had borrowed like a friend's like conversion van you know those big old vans anyway there's they're so big that there's space in between the two seats up front for a cooler it was like a combo cooler slash magazine tray anyway we're driving through the mountains for what seemed like an eternity i mean I and was it was right, terrifying it was scary and i'm sure dad was like at a mach 10 hardy just yes. freaking out dad has put himself in so many situations Precarious. where like someone might pass away <laughs> But we always made it out alive. That's and in this probably case, any dad with five kids. Right. So, yeah. They know what's up. Nicole almost passed away on this trip from a head injury <laughs> because she said on repeat, look at the mountains, daddy. <laughs> it was actually, mommy, mommy, look at the mountains, mommy, mommy, a hundred. In an ice storm, like she on the still, side of a mountain. She still does this shit now. <laughs> yeah, which is so he opened up the... He opened up the cooler and he launched like quarterback (laughs) style. It was like a, he picked up a football, but it was a full Coke can. And threw it at her. And he threw it at her. He didn't hit her. No, he didn't hit her. She probably. She ducked. (laughs) Bumped her head. And then she like. She just like. Yes. (laughs) It went like this. (laughs) And then we everything. such a pain in the ass but she made life so much more interesting still does still does god bless nicole (laughs) she makes life so much more fun speaking of um family we're we're working on making one anthony and i 
We started our IVF journey last week. How's that going? It's going well, I think. You know, listen, we're doing the best we can. Fourth, yes. Four agreements. Fourth, fourth agreement. Number four, listen. do the best you can. Oh, I didn't get to that. I'm just starting the first agreement. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> your word is impeccable. Uh, speak make your, speak mm-hmm. yes. with impeccable word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're trying our best. Anthony's doing an awesome job being my shot administrator. So that was my question. This is a full team effort. He's giving you the shots. Yep, yep. First night was a little hairy, but we had some, um, we had a... <laughs> a professional. Cons- professional consultant we f- um, via satellite. Yeah, we, we <laughs> FaceTimed crazy. Kasha, who will be joining us soon on the podcast, our friend Kasha McGuire. She is actually the one I've spoken about her that got me to go get checked out for endometriosis. She knows, you know, she... No, she is, you are very, very lucky to have so this lucky. lady as a resource. So lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she helped me with that, and then I was like, dude... We were, you don't know how to give someone a shot if you've never given someone a shot. Yeah. And the medicine is so expensive. You don't want to fuck it no, up. It's well, like, that, I remember shaking the first time I was doing it, like putting it in because I was, you know, you're you like, don't want to oh miss any, you don't want to drop a right? drop. Yes. Yeah. Well, that first night was a little hairy. You're like putting shit together. You're putting the injector together and cleaning all these surfaces and different gauges and different syringes. Yep. And then we mix that one medicine with the water, but then it, oh, no. something wasn't coming out right. And oh, it's God. like, it was like all of a sudden Stressful. a science kid is dropped on at your front door, and then yeah, it's like, and we're oh yeah, doctors now. Figure it out. And this is going to be how you make a baby. So yeah, we're testing no pressure, baby. No, no exactly, pressure, no, no pressure. pressure. But it was funny because we we Facetime Kasha who was breastfeeding, so she literally like was pulling her boob out, and she was like, "Sorry, <laughs> Anthony," but and we're just we're like, "Whatever, just get help us get this shot in our belly." So she's breastfeeding, cheering us along. Her husband Sean, who is so lovely, is lifting up his shirt to show us his hairy belly to show us how to pinch it. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love him. That is so. Sweet. It was such a team effort. I'll never forget get it it literally it was a great way to shift into the space and we have like a little ritual we like yeah. he That's sits so, yeah guys. we did it we did it in the back of a concession stand in <laughs> at <Elmwood> a pool <laughs> the other night by the nachos yeah we, go, we get we have a little kiss afterwards to oh, like sweet. seal the deal mm-hmm. now i have a question so you guys are at the you're stimulating your ovaries yes. right now okay so this part kind of moves quickly it is moving quickly yeah and then they they will do an extraction now. Will you guys do a fresh? Is this decided? Will you do a fresh transfer? No. Will you freeze or how? What? How does this look? So our path, our journey will be to then take our little babies in the test tubes and send them out for testing. Okay. So that's this this round. We're gonna try that. I think like you know you never know how, how the cycles will work. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed mm-hmm. that everything goes smoothly. But for this one, we're gonna do PGS testing. So I, I they are frozen because they freeze them to bring them out there. Okay. They freeze them to bring them back. It's not long-term frozen, but it's short-term. So it is not a fresh transfer. Okay, so then that means... But will they then... Will they transfer these in your next cycle or in this month's cycle? Next. Okay. Okay. Next. Yeah, I actually didn't realize that either. I'm like, wait, so we're trying once a month, but it's really not. I feel like it's once every... Yeah, it's like every other month. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that you find out as you go along i do i didn't do a lot of reading you know i'm not a big researcher person when it comes to this kind Ah. of stuff yeah with other things yes but this i'm just kind of like i'm gonna just i have my people who i ask so i have a small little team of text messaging people if mo goggin is listening mo goggin funky she's been helping me along the way um which is super helpful to hear from other women what their bodies like i had no idea the amount of fatigue i would feel 
bloating, bruising, yeah, and cramping. I didn't yeah. know if cramping was a good sign or a bad sign, but the cramping is a good sign. Yeah. In okay. my case, I'm speaking yeah, for me. This is the way one of my doctors described what it looks like inside your belly. Tell me. Okay, like think of like champagne grapes, okay? And they are getting as many of those follicles to grow and what happens is is they pull down as they get heavier and the cramping that you're feeling is the tenderness in your tendons and around oh. because your body's like whoa what's going what, on there what is this new heavy thing so yes wow. that is a good thing yeah we were i was talking to the um the technician today and we were talking about like it does feel like a little bit of a weight mm-hmm. like a heavy but that's going Good well. Stuff. Yeah. And I had, I stopped drinking and using cannabis like right away, obviously, not doing anything. And I can't tell you how good it feels. It's so weird. I mean, I know it does, but like I feel I want to tell you that you look great, but I'm afraid to based on Thank the conversation you. we're going to have. No, of course. I'm glad <laughs> to hear this. Thank you. <laughs> you know what's really interesting? This is going to blow, this is blowing my mind. So I'm a pretty fast typer. I type with the way you you know your fingers are I do I don't know what it's called just the good old fashioned probably because your fingers are so strong so long and strong yeah (laughs) bony and you know like when I was when I'm engaging in cannabis or if I'm like had a night of a couple drinks I have noticed in the past few months that I feel like my typing is off my speed is off my um correct typing and grammatical errors is off and it was starting to piss me off and of course my first thought is is my brain okay well let me tell you something you stop doing some cannabis and drinking and I'm like freaking superwoman on the keyboard it's weird it is such a difference wow well (laughs) listen my experience my only recent experience of non-drinking was when when i didn't drink for 90 days and last two summers ago yes and i honestly never felt more productive more motivated more clear-headed sharp um energized but also my skin was glowing yeah there's something to be said about not putting shit in your body and i love that shit right this is the longest i've gone like not drinking now when you're in between like when they take those egg babies out will you have yourself a glass of wine i that's the one thing i will i will want to do actually for months now i haven't been drinking hard liquor and i Mm. love tequila but Mm. we haven't been um, over covid we made like 500 drinks a day but like we totally (laughs) at 500 maybe you know more than we usually would especially during 400 but i just feel like um and of course, with the Mediterranean diet, red wine is yeah. you know meant to be good for your brain. So I will have I would, but I told him during that break we're going to buy a couple nice bottles yeah. of red wine, and he goes whatever you want, and I was like, mm. oh, that's not I don't need to hear that, but hearing that felt great, and exciting kind of like something <laughs> yes. to look forward to. I've been loving um, <laughs> Marika, an, a loyal listener and very good friend, um, gave me an idea. Bitters and soda is. A, the most delightful drink hmm. to have when everyone's drinking cocktails and you're out for brunch. And that's like easy enough. And it's so soothing. Yeah. It's so like refreshing. So that's a good one if you're trying to cut back. Like what bitter? What kind? Anthony, what's what it called? The Ego... Um, yeah, the Agostara or whatever? Angostura is a little, sometimes maybe too bitter, but the pe- the Peychaud's, the, the bright red one, it's like not grenadine, but it, at least it gives you a little... One of them has like a cinnamon taste to it. Yeah, I think that's Angostura more so. It's good. Yeah, I have that on hand. But there's we have grapefruit. You know, you have grapefruit, cherry. You can play with all sorts of. Things. I'm gonna do that. All right, let's switch gears a little bit, you guys. Let's talk about our last guest we had on. We had um, TV 
contributor, contributor, fashion expert, um, also a contributor on the Today Show and Daily Pop on E. Melissa Chatain came on and joined us in the previous episode, 86. We're on episode 87. Can't believe that's where we are, but we are. And she shared a lot. She shared some really beautiful advice on dressing with confidence, as well as um, shared some of her experience in grief. But something that she shared that I, Michelle and I and Anthony were going to find out if you can relate to as well was how she experienced yeah. trauma in college. In her last year of college, she experienced um, severe racism from a fellow sorority sister. And she shared that over the years, you know, it's been there and she remembers this. It's kind of hard to forget. And then over this recently, she um, saw this woman became sick with cancer and it really triggered her mm-hmm. with um, how she felt about her experience with this person and how she felt about it with her being sick now. And I got to thinking about it and Same. I have such a I can totally relate. And I, we've shared this before, but when June, our mom, first got sick with dementia, she was dating this piece of shit name. Let's keep his name out of it. Yeah. This person. So we'll just call him POS. POS. And he full on took advantage of our mom mm-hmm. um, financially and mostly financially and living situation. So basically, June was becoming less capable of taking care of herself physically so hygiene and whatnot and obviously financially keeping her home the way it should be and we started to pick up on all this stuff right Mm -hmm. and this person when we would say something about this his reaction his um comment back was usually oh she's just getting old that's what he said i remember yeah i remember him being like what did she say she's just slowing down. she's just slowing down we're just slowing down we're just slowing down we're getting a little bit older Mm. you know psycho i think that so and one of the this one example was at easter she had like a hole in her pants and like the seat of her pants which i found alarming because it was very upsetting it was very upsetting because that's not typically how she was she kept good care of herself and it just was something that it was very much out of the ordinary and that's when i said mark did you not notice that she's got a giant hole in the seat of her pants? And that's when he said, oh, she's just slowing down, which is like a red freaking flag. Mm. Okay. The person that you're co-living with mm. is clearly not functioning. Yeah. And so over time, we became more privy, well, more suspicious of what was going on until finally June started to speak up and say she wanted, she wanted him to move out, but she couldn't figure out how to like get him out of the goddamn house because she didn't have the ability to do so. And he was doing this weird thing where he would look her in the eyes. When we would say, we once you had to approach her and say like, mom, Mark, we're all here together. And Anthony was me, you, Nicole and Andrea. Mm -hmm. And we were, we had to confront the situation and we said, mom, do you want Mark to leave? And she was nervous and scared and then also confused. And she would look at Mark and Mark would then say, do this very strange thing where he would say, June, you don't want me to leave, do you, June? Mm -hmm. And then she would say, no, "No, I don't want you to leave. It was very robotic and disturbing. He would like put his hand on her leg. It was almost like like he was controlling her in a way. I almost murdered him that night. That was a very scary night for everybody because I like lunged at him. I wanted to, sh- I wanted to wrap my hands around his neck because I was like, "Stop doing that!" Yeah. Every time we ask her a question, you make eye contact with her and then you t- feed her lines. He was like, "Stop!" He was, I, 
a snake of a gaslighter that night. Oh. Like, like everything was so obvious that she was just, she was sort of parroting him and she really mm. couldn't speak for herself. And she was kind of watching TV, remember? She, yes. She was sort of zoned into that. And as we were trying to talk to her, she really wouldn't engage. But he was sort of manipulating her right in front of our eyes. Right in front of our eyes. I li- And Anthony's like, you got to relax, Lauren. I'm like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> like, I'm going to go crazy. And so this went on for months until we finally had him removed with the help of police officers. And once we had him physically removed from the house, now let me tell you something, for those out there who have loved ones, if you find them in a precarious situation, law enforcement, and call a lawyer, they were such a, and we called a private investigator, you have to create a team because these people are freaking like leeches they're parasites and the other thing is is even though he wasn't contributing in any way to the home to the upkeep to the bills he was living off of her because he had lived in the home for 30 plus days he had rights to the house even though he wasn't on the deed or any of those things so it made it very it was tricky and it was almost like i felt like he knew it Oh, he knew it. Yeah. This guy was a professor. I think we did some digging and he had aliases. I mean, he I, he was a con artist. This mm-hmm. is what he do- does mm-hmm. and did. And so once we had him removed from the home, then we were able to access his uh, office, which was basically mm-hmm. a holding cell for all of our mother's personal information that he was collecting. And yep. we also then started to obtain proof that he was writing down her, forging her signature, writing down her password. Seeking out loans in her name. He had photoshopped an auto insurance card and oh, was driving he was dr- an Uber mm-hmm. in her car. In her car, mm-hmm. in her with car. fraudulent insurance. Mm-hmm. It was such a hot mess and it was so disturbing and in, you felt so, we felt, felt so invaded. Like, I don't, it's just such a hard word. I don't understand. I don't know how to really explain what I, I, right now I'm even getting like shortness of breath talking about so it. So I am very, I'm very triggered right now. Yeah, then, it's terrible. And then there was the big reveal. Yep. The, yep. Of the RV. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sitting there in the office and I am going through all of his files and I find a receipt for a motor home, which Again, this is just not something our mother would have ever purchased. She wasn't like the road tripping type, right? And so I see that there's a motorhome. The first thing I did to see was what, whose name it was in. Thank God it was in her name Mm -hmm. because we were able to then call the police because here's the deal. This man, I had my mom buy this. So when we kicked him out of the home, where do you think he went? Straight to the by the river. Basically, he went to the motorhome that he had my mom buy him, and that was his getaway plan. Yep. So he was in a motorhome that had wheels on it, and who knows where the hell he was going. But being the detective that I want to be, so bad in my life. We had a. I'll tell you what. When the going gets tough in our family we we bring it, and everybody put their pi hats uh on and our magnifying glasses. And it was unbelievable. And it was on, and we uncovered so much so basically what is it if it's like more than five thousand it's grand theft auto it's a felony so now there was a warrant out for his arrest and the best part of this whole story was that we called the police obviously had everything arranged that he had to bring this motorhome back to our mom's house now we had never even seen it it was hiding in a lot somewhere we didn't even know that this thing existed dateline are you listening yeah dateline Dateline. literally chris harris what's his name to catch a predator of the ones that go after dementia patients. Mm -hmm. And he called the police back and said, 
I want you guys to escort me because yeah. I'm scared of her family. Yeah. Can you can you imagine that? Could you? And I would be fucking that? scared too because yeah. I was going to kill him again. So then we finally get this man gone. So now we've we've gathered so much of this evidence against him. There were so many different things, and then poof. And he still tried to creep back. But though. wait, but wait, what? we got to talk about when he pulled up. Oh, when he pulled up, when what we, happened? You t- I'm like, it. I had like, I think I blacked out. I brought out. When we oh. saw it for the first time, he pulls up, and this was not just any RV. I mean, it was, it was a freaking huge. It was. Huge. It, was it was like huge. a tour bus. Like, call it, a band that I drove. And it was. <laughs> yeah, you did drive it to the dealer. God bless you, and Michelle. It was like, it was we did hard stuff. Really hard stuff. It was nice. I it mean, was so nice. He could have lived the rest of his life in this thing. Yep. Yeah. Had we, if we never saw that freaking receipt. He'd be, and I remember I was so mad. I kicked a hole through the desk. I got so mad at my mom mm-hmm. because, again, we didn't know the extent of her illness. Now, that's another not, thing. She had not been diagnosed. She had not been diagnosed, point. people. So, this is something where we're just trying to fucking figure out what's going on. We're putting puzzle pieces together. And at this point, now we know something ain't right. Yep. Something's not going well. Yep. I kicked I a hole. I would say this, this chunk of our life in that moment was one of the most difficult I've experienced to date. Yeah, and this is what we've talked about this before. After we kicked him out, I remember we kicked him out and our sweet little brother, as this piece of shit was leaving our house, with, and he looked at us and he goes, I have nowhere to go. Yeah. So now the guilty, the, the human in me is now, I'm, I, there, I'll talk about that in a second, but Nick pulls out cash out of his freaking wallet, yep. his whole own hard-worked money to give this piece of shit yep. a, a, a roof over his head for one night saying, here's some money, go get out of here wow. and go to a motel, get the fuck out of this house. And he said, no, I'm not taking it. And then Nick said, you've taken enough from our family. Just get take it and, and get, get the, the hell out of, out of here. here. And guess what? He took it. Put in his back pocket. Of course he did, because he had nothing else. Nothing else. He's been living off our mother. So then the police, the Oak Brook police, who were the most incredible God bless people them. ever, mm-hmm. told us that they were going to take him as far away from my mom's house as possible with whatever the legal limits were. And they instructed us to get every single thing out of that home that belonged to him and put it in a locker and get it off the property. So the next day, mm-hmm. Nicole and I... Garbage bags. Garbage bags. What'd you do? Just dump it. No, we got a pod. We, we rented a pod and they delivered it the next day. And we like did the work of six men and cleared out an entire garage that he insidiously placed himself. I mean, he made oh. a home there to stay. We took everything down to the last nut and bolt that he moved into the house and threw it in that thing. And yes, we beat the shit out of some things. I destroyed too. his we, things. I vandalized things. Same. I vandalized Bye. things. I broke things. Mm-hmm. Um, like his trophies for his boat. His bye-bye. his cool. I was like a broken glass. Every mm-hmm. tra- drawing thing. I was just so, so angry. Mad. And we sent it to the pod wherever, wherever their storage facility is. And I and they called and they said, "What do you want us to do with this?" And I said, "I don't care. Bye. I don't lose my number. I have no attached. This is nine. Burn it. I don't care." Right. And I remember after we had him removed and essentially made him homeless, then I suffered this tremendous amount of personal guilt for putting a man on the street. Oh, not me. I know. Isn't it crazy? Like how? No, no. This is when I was doing dark things and had to go say a penance. Well, this is where. Well, because I think 
we're not talking if you could visualize this guy he just looked like a normal he wasn't like an intimidating guy he he looked like a heavier version of the dude from something about mary that was a con like yeah he was just like your average yes. joe con artist you wouldn't pick him out or notice him in a crowd and it's like no one really knew where he came from they met online and this is we're telling you guys this because we're going to bring it full circle back to melissa but if we've heard from other people that have loved ones who are declining cognitively who are finding themselves in situations like this i have a friend who experienced a very similar thing with her sick mom and you just have to and if if there isn't family there this could have gone he could have what he was trying to do as well we didn't mention this he was trying to sell her home and move them to barrington mm-hmm. he wanted he, to get her far, far away, away from us isolated yeah. yes he's trying to sell the car too yep trying a lot do a lot of things i remember when mom tried to give me her car and he goes we didn't discuss this between her and i'm like you did you have nothing to discuss here Mm -hmm. nothing here is yours the only thing that you own is your skin right Mm -hmm. at this point okay Mm -hmm. so with the whole thing like relating back to melissa is that we we when you experience trauma and then and especially when it comes from a person like there's a person that is inflicting this on you there's Mm -hmm. anger there's resentment there's sadness michelle like how you went to the dark place yeah. Were you were you doing the things? What were you doing? Listen, I just want to start by first saying that people that are out there that have this ability to forgive, okay? And I'm not saying I haven't forgiven, but to get to a place where somebody has harmed their family or, or something horrible, and you see these people on the news and are like, you know, I forgive them and all these things. That's not where I was at all in this. I was so, I was, I felt so fiercely protective for our mom who was completely incapable of taking care she was like our big baby you know was our big baby she was our big baby and this person had done this and i am i completely related to everything that melissa was sharing because when pos was removed and we were trying to put all of these things together i hated him Mm. And I wanted him to be a dead person on his own accord. I didn't want him. I was so pissed off that I, when I would see his texts come in mm. and he was still trying to reel my mom back in. And I, there was a period of time where I had to deal with some of the things that I did text to him that, um, I, that came from a place of, severe heartache and anger and trauma and trauma mm-hmm. and um i used to joke with you guys that i said 12 hail marys today <laughs> after i said horrible yep, horrible 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 things. things but um to this day i don't i don't i'm not sorry i said those things me neither him. I mean, I would call him. I would sit in the parking lot where we used to live at the condo and I would call him and leave him messages and I would say, hey, it's me again. And I would say things that I won't repeat here that are horrible things. Same. I mean, he honestly, and this is what I find so interesting. He could have called the police on us. He could have had us arrested for threatening him and his like Mm well-being, but he didn't because he probably had such a freaking long track record that we would probably have gotten him back thrown into jail for doing who knows Mm -hmm. what to other people. I mean, yeah, you hate to, you know, add fuel to the fire, but I guess there's some sense, I feel like there's some hope maybe in being a complete, you know, being like that to him will make him somehow get through to his fucked up brain and and say, 
what you're doing is fucked up. Yes. Don't do this to the next person because you're going to have that person's kids. Yeah. Who knows? How, I mean, I, someone would kill him over this. I, exactly. And I that's how I felt. I felt, Michelle, same things. Fiercely protective. And you know what's so funny is never once was there an apology or, oh my God, I never... Th-. If you love someone or if you're partners with someone, if you see someone declining, oh, yeah. you're there for them. Yeah. You're not fucking writing down their social yeah. security number no. and starting to try to gain access to their credit cards and all this other shit, you know? And the other thing that happened that I feel like, I don't know, I felt like I was dealing with this a lot too, was that mom, you know, she was suffering from dementia. So I don't know if this was a hallucination or if this was real. She would say that his car would drive by after we had him removed. For sure. So I, but for sure, but at the same time, I don't know if he really was. Yeah. I don't. I, I never knew. So then I'm going crazy calling the police saying, I think he's stalking or trying to be present or contact our mom. It was such a mind F the entire time because it was like the most, it was a complete gaslighting situation yes. where I felt like I was going fucking crazy. Totally thought I was going crazy. Like losing my mind. I mean, there were things that I did during that time that I was leading, I led me to believe that I was maybe losing mine too. Yeah. Well, it like- was a very toxic, dangerous, all of the bad, it was a very, the darkest, bad, all of the things that make you feel horrible. Yeah, we were experiencing that. We were living in that. Grief, anger, trauma, sadness, all of those like bad negative yep, thoughts yep. they were they were ever Just so looming, present looming, looming. well like what are the odds that someone developing dementia that no one knew about would come across a con artist like this at such a vulnerable time in her life i mean i just feel so bad that she had to kind of yeah yep i think that the odds are kind of high i think they are too i think this is something that happens a lot to people whether it's a a stranger or family she was in a group online she was a vulnerable newly divorced sick woman and there was somebody that was a predator predator sitting there i feel like he was literally it could have been her lady sitting next to 100 percent. you know reading that book the four agreements there was something about forgiveness and they ask in the book they ask you who do you need to forgive and i thought of this piece of shit and that's who i chose to mm. release because it's like he's such a horrible i don't wish anything good I don't wish anything bad, but I have to release that person from my sphere of existence because it's just, like you said, it's full toxic. Full toxic. He doesn't hold space in my mind ever. He is gone for me. He is a part of my life that makes my heart hurt when I think about Mm. it. And I try not to go back there. This This conversation was more triggering than I thought it would be same it was a bit of a labor if yeah. you will yep you know like so to bring it full circle with the, with melissa chatain's story of trauma and her feelings about seeing that this woman who inflicted so much pain and trauma onto her she's just kind of like eh, you're sick yeah if someone were to come up and show me or if i were to see on social media that this pos wasn't doing well right now i'd honestly feel the same way i'd shrug my shoulders and go Oh well, I mean, I say that it'd probably trigger a lot more than that in me. I, I, I'd probably would it actually bring a lot bubble up a lot more of maybe like f you, you got what you deserved. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he he really ruined us for a, a bit of time. 
And not only that, he was inflicting so much pain and and unsafe, like and danger on our mom. Yeah. I mean, if someone goes after your family member, what you know? No, I said it in the beginning. I'm not that person that's going to be like forgiven and hug and hope that everything's well. I don't care. I really don't. Don't care. Don't care. Yeah, and it, about and it, him. And it could have been worse. It could have been so much worse had you had he. Gotten, stayed on course and, another, mm-hmm. you know another month another few oh months oh my god he could have emptied her she could have had nothing had nothing and we would have had years to take care of her with no money right and with a situation like hers she needs money that's yep. the thing remember our doctor told us your mom's got ftd yeah hope have you have money? money yep and we did and he could have taken it all but or she on, did she was on the fast track to not i mean we had to write all of her stuff and i mean there was a lot a lot of money that was just where did it go where did it go yeah you know i think about if like if someone did something to me and say someone inflicted terrible pain or assaulted me and that predator i found out years later something terrible happened to him i'd probably say good mm-hmm same. I mean, so I get where she's coming from. Same. Trauma, you don't know how to process it. No one gave you us a handbook for it. Well, like, didn't, like, with Derek Chauvin, didn't Floyd, George Floyd's brother, like, forgive, like, kind of forgive him? Yeah, I, after the verdict. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, like, the ultimate, you know. I mean, wow. What, what was so terrible, and but yet realizing, okay, this guy's life is fucked, and it is sad, even though he's, what he did was unforgivable. Right. It's, and that's the thing. No one, everyone has their own way of processing things. And if he wants to forgive, he can forgive. If the other person, his other brother or family member doesn't want to, they don't need to. I think everyone, I mean, maybe forgiveness helps you heal. Heal. I'm I don't, sure it does. I don't, I, I feel like the fact that he doesn't hold space in me is my way of, if you want to put forgive on it, fine. Sure. I'm, I'm over it but don't care if he's dead or alive. And if right. I saw a scroll in my feed about him in a really bad way, I would just keep on scrolling. Yeah, I know it would trigger me and I know I'd probably turn into a mush and it would bring me back some like PTSD moments for sure. Yeah, But that's what therapy is for. That's right, honey. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. Well, there you and go. And oh boy, did that experience throw some of us in oh the, my ther- God, the therapy sucking chair. Sucking my thumb. All the way to the therapy chair. All the way. Sucking it. Sucking it. <laughs> well, but here you, we are. But here to, we are. We live to tell the story. We live yes. to tell the story. But to bring it back around, we, you know, we got through this because of our family. It's true. It's, you know, like everyone that, everyone rallied, everyone got together and we survived it. And I think that's what happens when you go through really hard shit in life. Hopefully you have a person or people that mm-hmm. you can get through it with. You know, you've got to lean on. And lean on yep. and work together. You picked up some stuff I did, each sibling, each, everyone did. each brother-in-law, husband, everyone came Rally. together. And we got June out of a really terrible situation. And thankfully, with a lot of your help, Michelle, we got her in a much healthier, yep. thriving environment. Yep. And she was able to spend the last couple years of her life with dignity yes. and in the comfort of her own home, surrounded safe. by her family, safe, clean, everything. And we can't talk about it anymore because they're coming. They're the coming. coming. Well, let's just put this out there. If you, if I, th- I knew my gut that something was off with this guy, and follow your guts, right? If you feel something, whether it's big or small, go with it because it's right. It's right. It's right. You guys, I love you. Wow, I love you too. Love you too. 
But Michelle, thanks for everything that you did. And you, man. And our whole family. We all did this together. We did. All right, you guys. Well, thankfully, we started with laughs and ended with tears. Stay Stay cozy. Thank you for joining us over here at Cozy Conversations. We are honored to be part of your regular podcast lineup. And if it wasn't already evident, we really love creating cozy content for you. You guys, we are so excited to share that we are offering a monthly subscription to the sister project over at anchor.com, our super cool hosting platform. We are dazzled by their initiative to support creators and their platform. So we signed ourselves up, but here's the twist. Our content is and always will be free. And to top it off, we're crazy, so we have plans to create even more. What we're doing is hopping on the content creator bandwagon and opening up space for you to support our small business because in a way, we're like your virtual cozy cup of coffee. If you're interested in learning more, head to the anchor.com link in our show notes. And P.S. Whether you decide to subscribe or not, we are just so grateful that you're tuning in.